0: Hello everyone, my name is Dr. Fergal Armstrong, and welcome to Cracking Addiction. And today we have with us Dr. Laura Petracek. So Laura, today we'll discuss the ninth step. So what is the ninth step?
1: The ninth step is made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others.
0: It's the making amends step. It's the actually going to visit people to say, I'm sorry I screwed up. What can I do to make amends? Very challenging. And I would imagine it's a a long, protracted process. It's not a one-off.
1: No, it's not a one-off. It's it's having the readiness and willingness to take full responsibility and the consequences of our actions and um, to care for the well-being of others at the same
0: time is the very spirit of step nine. To such people? What does to such people mean?
1: Well, to such people are the people that you're making amends to. Those are the, quote-unquote, such people.
0: The the, the disclaimer, unless it would injure them or others, what if it injures the person trying to make the amends?
1: That's a good question. Um, Well... I think at this point, the program really is trying to, you know, most alcoholics and addicts are all about me, me, me. And so the program is about really being more aware of other people, our effects on other people, our behavior, mm-hmm. how it affects them. So that is something to take into consideration. But in this step, we're putting other people first, so to speak. Like, oh, okay, I um, really messed up here. I need to make an amends. Uh, let's mm. say it's something at a job where you embezzled money or something. Um, yeah, that's going to affect you probably negatively. Uh, and um, But still, the man's, you know, you messed up there, made a mistake, and you need to uh, rectify that.
0: So yeah, I mean let's 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 talk about that example. Let's let's say because of my alcohol use disorder, I embezzled money, and I, you know, I I'm at risk of incarceration or criminal charges. Were I to go back to someone to say here I am to make amends, what's the ethics behind that?
1: Well, it's something to discuss, I think, with your sponsor, and if you're in therapy with your therapist. Uh, to kind of weigh it out, you know, the consequences. And yes, it would harm the person probably, not necessarily, um, but uh, it might harm them. And then, you know, are they ready to take the consequences? Or let's say they have a family and, you know, a spouse and they're dependent on this person's income. Mm. Would that be really... Uh, helpful if he makes an amends or she makes an amends and then there's not an income coming in and it hurts other people.
0: Yeah.
1: Probably not a good idea. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people. um, So when I was, you you know, in the midst of my alcohol and drug use disorder, I, uh, I stole left and right from, department store, anywhere and everywhere. And my sponsor told me, suggested instead of going there and telling them (laughs) and possible legal consequences uh, to just send money every month to all these different places. So that's what I did. And then I read a story once where someone who worked at this particular department store said they received thousands of dollars every month with the ninth step on top of the paper where the money was wrapped in. Um, so, you know, it's a, I guess, a common uh, way to rectify the situation uh, without harming yourself.
0: So, really, it's making amends anonymously.
1: Yes, that's it. That's the word I was looking right. for. Yeah. Right,
0: right. Yeah. Okay. Now, you know, that's on one level, that's challenging in and of itself. But I mean, the thing that, might the people might find even more challenging is having to write a personal wrong going to someone that they know they've hurt and then saying sorry and asking how to make amends on a very personal level i mean there's two steps first of all is having to have permission to actually approach the other person and then also having to ask permission to make those amends i mean it's how would you what would you comment on that
1: Well, it's not necessarily two steps uh, or a two-step process. It's mainly making direct amends. So let's see, I'm making amends to someone we had a falling out in a friendship. Um, I wouldn't then take the next step, meaning what could I do to fix it or what could I do to rectify it? That's not really part of the step. The the step is about making amends, but it's not about fixing it or the situation, um, although that uh, could be part of it where you ask, you know, what could I do? But that's really not part of step nine. It's more making the amends and then that's it. And, you know, that could be a conversation or it could not be. Um mm. Sometimes I remember uh, asking a sponsor, well, I need to make am- I want to make amends to this person, but I don't want to rekindle the friendship, you know. And she said, well you don't have to. you just make amends and then leave it at that. You don't have to say how you want to rectify it because you don't want to re-engage with this person. So I was like, oh good, I don't want. to." <laughs> so you know and she said that's not part of the ninth step is how to fix it. It's to make amends.
0: So there's a difference between making amends and fixing and, and, and rectifying. I I didn't know that. I thought, I thought they were quasi-synonymous, rectifying and, and making amends.
1: No, they're totally different. Um, right. Totally different process, different aspects.
0: Yeah. All right. So can you explain that difference more then?
1: Well, the difference is... Oh, here. Okay, here, here's an example that I've heard a lot, and I've done uh, myself as the, in the steps of AA or in the rooms of AA. They talk about making a living amends. So, meaning, you know, I mean, alcoholics or people with alcohol use disorder, I you know, mess up a lot, and then say, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll never do again," and then the next day they mess up again. <laughs> So a lot of times people that were saying, please forgive me, I messed up. They're like, well, I don't really trust you, dude, because, you know, you messed up so many other times. Uh, how, you know, so they call it a living amends, meaning people will see by our behavior change that we really are sincere and have made the amends. Whereas, you know, our words didn't really uh, towards the end of our addiction or even in the middle of it uh, carry much weight because our behavior, we'd relapse or use the next day or the next hour. So um, the living amends is a way to build trust because now we're going to, you know, we're we're saying I'm going to behave differently. I'm not going to pick up a drink or a drug and I'm not going to, uh, you know, maybe speak to you in a disrespectful way or something like that. Um, So that's more of the, I guess, the rectifying part is changing our behavior. And then, and then people seeing, Oh, like a lot of clients I work with, you know, it usually takes their family like a year or two years before they trust them again. So mm-hmm. they said, Dr. B, you know, they say they're sorry every other minute. What is that? That's doesn't, their word doesn't mean anything. I said, okay, well, what about, you know, they make a living amends and by their behavior by not picking up their drink or drive there, showing that they really are indeed uh, sorry, um, that they feel badly. And they're like, okay. But so that trust takes a long time uh, because, again, alcoholics and addicts have a, a history of saying, I'm sorry, and then the next day going out and doing the same thing.
0: Right. So trust them. Yeah. So it's—I suppose—really, it's the demonstration of internal cognitive changes by one's by a change in a consistent change in behavior.
1: Right. It's definitely a consistent uh, change of their behavior. Like every day, you know. Okay, yeah. I'm going to follow yeah. these uh, yeah. aspects of the program.
0: And you've—you've yeah. you've said it takes two years. To get, you know, for, for families to trust patients uh, or, or, or people uh, experiencing alcohol use disorder to let them back in.
1: Yeah, it takes a long time. I mean, maybe it's only a year, but, you know, also being in the sister program, Aladdin, I hear that a lot or with families I work with, you know, well, he's gotten sober before or she's gotten sober or clean before. And then look what happened the next day or Mm. the next week, or maybe the next month. I'm working with this one couple where, you know, unfortunately she relapses it like every other week or something. And, you know, he's just kind of fed up. And so Dr. P, I I mean, how can I trust her? She says she's sorry. And then, you know, two days later she's drinking again. And so, I mean, he has a point and, but yet she's, you know, very sincere. She means, I don't doubt that she means what she says or or, uh, wants to do to stay sober. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, alcoholism is such an insidious disease that uh, even though you make the commitment to stay sober, it it seems to take over sometimes a person's behavior.
0: That's the definition of addiction, isn't it? Even though you don't want to, you do, right? Yeah. Why do we have to do this? What is the impact of this step on our recovery? I mean, you know, why can't you just pretend this does this doesn't happen? You know, what's what's the benefit? I know there's a lot of benefit potentially to other people, but what's the benefit to the person going through this going through the steps?
1: I think the main thing is like to wipe our slate clean to. You know, a lot of people in recovery are carrying a lot of guilt and shame. And it's just like this cloud hanging over us and, you know, hunching your shoulders. And uh, it's, it's kind of a way to regain your self-esteem, to, you know, kind of hold your head high, hold your shoulders back again, and feel incongruence that your actions and beliefs are matching your behavior, and that this is you know that you are a person of integrity uh, even though when you were in your addiction you didn't behave in that way uh so it's mainly to uh well not mainly but it also really helps the person regain their self-esteem and be able to look someone in the eye again instead of you know out of the shame or guilt and it's just a huge weight off and You know, I mean, not all of these amends go over, assumingly, you know, some of them uh, just don't go over well at all. But we don't have that control over the outcome, uh, do we? So, but it's still important for us to at least clean up our side of the street, uh, whether or not the person on the other side um, is willing to receive us.
0: And it's not a a process that occurs in isolation there is a huge build up to this isn't there you know this well, step yeah. 9 you know the, the 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 processes of step 9 actually start multiple steps previously talk us through the context
1: All right well the steps um are supposed to be taken in order for a reason because they do build on each other they are mm-hmm. it's like scaffolding uh, the steps are scaffolding so step 1 I mean, if you don't get step one, 100% right, meaning quit using uh, drugs and drinking, you really can't move on to the other steps because you don't have that foundation yet at all. But once you have somewhat of a foundation of being clean and sober, then, you know, okay, believing in a power greater than ourselves and then trusting uh, in someone outside of ourselves and then making an inventory and then discussing that inventory of our behavior and past actions to a sponsor or therapist. And then having, um, the belief that uh, another person besides ourselves and a higher power can help us, uh, be willing to make these amends. And then the a step writing them down and then the ninth step uh, writing, you know, who we've harmed down. And then the ninth step, including ourselves at the top of that list and then mm-hmm. the ninth step, making those amends. So there is definitely mm-hmm. an order. Uh, I do have, you know, there's different sponsees i worked with who are like, well, I like that stuff. No, I definitely don't like that one. I, I think I'm going to just do this one. And unfortunately a lot of times people relapse when they don't go through the entire process. It's not, like a buffet where you pick and choose, it's not how it works, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's predicated on a large amount of work previously, and it's also specifically predicated on making the list. Because we've discussed in previous episodes how the thought of having to go through making amends inhibits people making the list. So, if you can get over the issues around make, making the list, then you approach the ninth step. And it's what I'm hearing is that it's not something that happens quickly. The, the ninth step may take many years to to uh, you know to complete in terms of actually making amends to all the people that you've that you've hurt or wronged. It may take a long time. It may take years.
1: Yes, it may take years in the sense of uh, so with the eighth step usually. Write down the names that you know it's not so hard to make certain amends to, you don't feel it'd be such a, a struggle. But some people on the list, yeah, you know, we maybe have a, a total block or just don't feel we could ever make amends or don't want to. Mm. So, those people would probably take a long time, yeah. Um, but other people uh other people it it depends
0: sure Mm -hmm. so let's talk about the role of willingness i mean really it's the you're 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 going through a very challenging process you have to be willing to do it because there's and there has to be a benefit to you and you have discussed the benefit which is it's part of the healing process it's part of the recovery process but the willingness to do it actually starts previously, doesn't it? You know, the willingness starts with the uh, the previous steps. How do you sustain that willingness through the entire process?
1: I think so for I myself sustain the willingness by talking about it in the rooms, by um, talking to my therapist, by talking to other people, Um also about it's, I think where people have a big block, I know myself included is, um, you know, when I think about, or, oh, I need to make amends to this person, a lot of times uh, people will say, yeah, but they did this, this and that to me. Mm -hmm. And um, so to uh, like, for example, today would would be uh, my father's uh, 92nd birthday and um, you know, I put that man through living hell when I was a teenager, but I really had, uh, a struggle making amends because I had a, you know, book full of things that happened in uh, my family growing up that I felt he totally dropped the ball and, and and even, uh, participated in, um, you know, not (laughs) being the best father he could be, but, um, But a couple of years before he died, uh, I decided to make an amends and I'm so glad I did. I just focused on he didn't, you know, come out and say, oh, I'm sorry, I effed up too," you know, and I didn't really think that would come out of his mouth anyway, but I felt better making amends. And uh, I knew that if he had died before making that amends, I would regret that. So I'm glad that I did. But it took
0: took you how many years, how many years of sobriety did it take for you to make that particular amends? Mm, Probably 38 years, 38 years. It's not a one-off. It's not a one-off quick process, is it? No,
1: because I had all this resentment and I mean, sometimes I I mean, I still have a little, well, some, but, um, but yeah, I had a lot of resentment and then even after I got clean and sober, uh, you know, he hadn't changed, even though I had changed. So, I mean, it was just like we'd go to a restaurant and try to talk. I try to talk to him about things growing up and we just clear out the restaurant. I mean, people would just I remember one time we looked around we're like, where is everybody? And we didn't realize we had been yelling and screaming at each other. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we always kind of had a. a uh, contentious uh, relationship, but uh, mm. in the end I'm, I'm really glad I made amends and
0: uh, and that's something me. to focus on, isn't it that, that in the end, you are really glad that, that it happens and no, notwithstanding how difficult it is and notwithstanding how long it took you, you were glad so so in terms of a message of hope, what happened? what was the benefit for you having done this process
1: the benefit was um or the benefit is uh um having uh compassion um the benefit is uh at least with this particular mens was um seeing my father more as a person and being a parent myself, I, uh, I know I wouldn't get the parent of the year award either. Um, so having forgiveness of him was also in a way helping to forgive me and my uh, mistakes as a parent to my daughter. And um, it, uh, it, it, by making amends, it helps open us to other people. By not carrying that guilt and shame, uh, we're not as closed off. And um, so we're more open and then people are more open to us.
0: It seems to me that whilst the step nine is, is coached in language of making amends to such people wherever possible, i.e. for the benefit of others, really the, the, one of the key messages, it seems, is that the benefit is actually internal. It's, for the per- it's also for the benefit of the person making the amends on so many levels, including recovery.
1: Right. Yeah. To me, it's a win win on both sides. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, again, there are some people you're going to make amends to that are still not going to be happy with you <laughs> and mm-hmm. what happened or your behavior. And I, I try to warn people to be prepared for that. Not everyone's going to welcome you with open arms. Uh, it may not go down the way you want at all. And yeah. that's why I think this step it's good it's like down the line because then hopefully you have some sobriety under your belt and because i've seen people relapse when an amends went totally awry um so it's important to have some sobriety under your belt
0: yeah yeah all right laura we've run out of time but i want to thank you for your wisdom as usual and i look forward to chatting with you again very soon thank you great thank you fergal for having me on the show that's all for today, folks. My name is Dr. Fred Armstrong, and this has been Cracking Addiction.